Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, June 24th, we look at Lesson 13, Ablaze with God's Glory. Together, let's see what happens when God not only illuminates the earth, but shines forth in our lives as well. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. Okay, Michael, Lesson 13. This is the final Sabbath uh, for this quarter. A blaze. go this fast. <laughs> yes, I know. It's Zoom, it's Zoom by, which is why this uh, title is A Blaze with God's Glory. And our memory text comes from Revelation 18, verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. Ah, what a great text. I can't I can't wait. Uh, It's beautiful scenery, but also just long awaited uh, Mm. from those before us, from maybe from some of those who will come after us. Right. I, I know. Every generation has always said, oh, Christ is going to come in my lifetime. I can't see how long it's going to go. Well, that's not up to us. Our duty is to live for Christ until he comes and hoping with a great hope that he comes in our lifetime. But even if he doesn't, I know that God is in charge and he will illuminate the earth with his glory when he comes back. Mm. So, Michael, how do we prepare for the final crisis? (laughs) All right. Well, uh, yeah, sell everything and go hide and live in the woods as far away from anybody as possible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Doomsday uh, bunkers. <laughs> doomsday bunks, bunkers. Yeah. First Thessalonians five, one through six. And, and, and it should be actually rather sobering to us here to read a passage like this, right? This, this should make us pay attention. Pastor Paul here is trying to get our attention. He says, dear uh, brothers and sisters about times and dates. So I don't have to write to you, right? I mean, you, you kind of know this stuff. He's been over this with them. In verse two, for you know very well, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. They will not escape. And mm. But you, dear brothers and sisters, are not in darkness that this day should surprise you like a thief. You're children of the light children of the day and we do not belong to the night or the darkness so then let us not be like others who are asleep but let us be awake and sober so in other words uh pastor paul's trying to remind us hey pay attention you've been warned prophetically you know what scripture says and you know how to anticipate you know how to prepare and the best way to prepare is to stay connected to jesus every each and every day right um in contrast you know those who are not, you know, who are not aware there, you know, it's going to be kind of a shock. It's going to be a surprise, a thief in the night, right? You don't want that. Right. And uh, here uh, we can know with certain degree of awareness and expectation and, and be okay with that. And that's, that's, that's really in a way that's kind of exciting. We, we can see you know, that all of human history is winding up to a grand climax. And um, Daniel chapter two is referenced here, right? We, you know, that's familiar territory for a lot of Adventists because of the kingdoms of the earth, right? The, right. That's describing the image of, of uh, Nebuchadnezzar and everything else. And and finally had this description at the very end of time and the toes, those toes and not mingling together. And so we know that there's going to be, um, there's going to be, it, you know, it's, it's, 
not going to be easy, but but we can be prepared and aware. And and when we are prepared, that's the best way to be. And and so we don't have to. It actually lowers our anxiety, right? So if we're constantly afraid of something, the best way to deal with it is not to just kind of pretend it's not going to happen. It's to actually do something about it. So if you're <laughs> afraid of um, say a natural disaster buster, right? You live in a part of the country that's prone to earthquakes or a part of the country that might be prone to hurricanes or typhoons, right? That uh, those kinds of things, well, there's certain things you can do to make sure that if worst case scenario, something happened that, that you have what you need, those emergency supplies. And, and so the same thing, God wants us to live a life of expectation and preparation. Yes. And, uh, which leads us to Monday's lesson, knowing the truth, knowing truth. What What is that about, Buster? You know, uh, Michael, I appreciate this uh, portion of the lesson, but I also want to add a couple things here. So John 8, okay. 32, uh, mm-hmm. and you shall know the truth and the truth shall uh, make you free. So if set, set yeah. you free, some virgins will say, uh, ver- mm-hmm. uh, John 17, uh, 7, 17, if mm-hmm. anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Uh, mm-hmm. And then 1717, sanctum, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, the only thing I want to add here is recently, Michael, I had a uh, conversation with the pastor and uh, he has members that uh, receive a word from the Lord and you can't convince oh, wow. them of anything else. Right. Uh, the Lord, the Lord told me we need to actually do this, or we need to actually go with this option, even though everyone else is saying the other option, or the Lord told me that you need to stop preaching about this and you need to preach on that. Right. Wow. Uh, uh, and so being very direct. And I, I think it's very important here to, to add in second Peter one twenty, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for okay. prophecy never came by the will of man, but by mm-hmm. a holy man, God spoke as they were moved by the Holy spirit. And so the same Holy spirit that speaks to you, Michael, is the same Holy spirit mm-hmm. that speaks to me and he will Ooh, bring like us it. into unison of understanding. But as mm-hmm. you look at the, our, our early church, how yeah. doctrine was formed, it wasn't mm-hmm. sister white receiving a vision saying, Thus says Lord, no matter what, no one's able to communicate or talk about it. No, they they hammered over the word. They prayed over yeah. it. And then wow. as they needed more understanding, the Lord gave that to them. And then they went back and searched the scriptures even more to find out mm-hmm. if these things were so. And so I, I think it's important to know the truth, but knowing that the truth doesn't reside to me and I don't own the truth. I like this because if I'm hearing you right, Buster, uh, is that truth comes in community and accountability. Yes. Uh, I, and this is something that I think we value knowledge so much that everyone's trying to come up with something new. And if they come up with something new, then therefore they'll get the praise for that new thing. But but the beauty of the church is found in community. The beauty of the yeah. church is in the collectivity of being the bride of Christ. Uh, and so we we want to be individualist and collective at the same time. We, I mean, and listen here, there is an element of personal responsibility. Don't get me wrong, but we also right. need the corporate accountability, and mm-hmm. the two are married together. And so this is knowing truth. Uh, and and then by the way, we have to be careful too, because sometimes you're in, in your entire community, they're all mm-hmm. following away, they're yeah. following away, and we have to be careful of that. And that's why it's important to always go by the scripture. 
always mm-hmm. go by the scripture, but more than likely I've, I've seen it time and time in our churches where the yeah. board, the board has come together and we're disjointed and we come together and we say, you know, what, let's pray about this. God, what, what do you say? And we open up our eyes. We say, we say, amen. And immediately the Holy spirit comes in and there's this u- unison that comes. There's this, this adjectivity of, of love that comes to the forefront. And that's how we know truth. Uh, together through prayer, through scripture, through seeking the truth together. And, and so Michael, Oh, oh go ahead. I was just gonna say, thanks for keeping it real buster. So this is what I love about doing the Sabbath school rescue with you is, is you just keep it real and, uh, and practical because, you know, we can have all this esoteric stuff, but if, if we're not real about this, cause I mean, this is, this is where a lot of real life is, 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 is you know, I mean, I've, I've experienced that as soon as you are talking about that, I'm like, I'm starting to think scenarios where this has happened in my life, you know, yeah, it's happened. It's happened to me. I I've, I've been the person saying, well, I think God says this and my yeah. wife will quickly correct me. And I'm, and I received that correction. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm married a wife who is willing to correct me. <laughs> we need people in our lives who are willing to be real with us and honest yes. and say, Hey, you know, um, you may think that, but that's, that's not your reality. You know, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. <laughs> you are not the final authority, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and really this is a part of a danger of, of, of interpreting the Bible is that we make the Bible about ourselves and actually, instead of making it about God. Oh, and yes. <laughs> and that is so dangerous. That is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And we have to, and that's why we study in community and not just community and humility. Yes. And, and we need to listen, especially to those we disagree with. Cause uh, surprisingly, someone might have a different perspective that might actually be correct. If we're always the only one who's correct, then we probably are not <laughs> interpreting the Bible correctly. <laughs> and probably no one ever wants to study with you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's no humility there. <laughs> so Michael, tell us about right. how the reformation continues. You know, the Reformation, one of my favorite time periods in Christian history. And, you know, right immediately you think of Martin Luther and, of course, Zwingli and Calvin and others, you know, who who went back to Scripture, the authority of Scripture. And, And if you actually study their writings and their lives Sometimes they're a little bit messy and they had some very, um, some strange ideas too, right? I mean, even the reformers had debates amongst themselves on on different topics. But um, the point being is what is their authority? And that is scripture. And that love of studying the Bible, a love of searching after truth as for hid treasure, right? That that, that is something that's incredibly uh, beautiful and relevant. And so the Reformation is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process that we continue by making the Bible relevant in our lives, by continuing to to make that same commitment that that those reformers did and saying, I'm going to take scriptures seriously and I'm going to apply it to my own life. I'm not going to apply it to Buster's life or someone else's life. And, you know, but I'm going to actually take those words of truth and say, how are you, God, speaking to me right now so I can live my life as a follower of you and your kingdom, right? So I can I can live as faithfully um, within where I am at and and speak to me so I can I can live that out. And 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 if we're really honest with ourselves, that sometimes that's not very easy, right? It can no, actually be difficult. Like, you know, um, when it's 
somebody in the church, even for pastors, it can be difficult, right? You know, like, you know, how, how do I relate to the conference? How do I relate to my church members, especially people that aren't very maybe kind to you or even fair. And so, so how do we take the word of God and, and really live it out and live faithfully with the spirit of love and grace and, and living those truths. And Revelation 18, verse 1 kind of talks about this. This is our key text for this week. Saw another angel coming down from heaven, and he had great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his splendor here, right? So so this is, we see a couple things that are um, really, you know, amazing. Um, uh, the word doxa, which is referring to glory, this the glory uh, from being in the presence of God, and yes. and so that's that's pretty amazing in itself. I mean, that would be, you know, if anything else, uh, yeah, like woo. <laughs> but, but hey, you know, um, it that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. We want that. We we need that um, to be in the presence. We want a desire to be in the presence of God. So so this is clearly something pretty uh, incredible here. But then it, it also says that the angel comes with great authority. And this is the Greek word exosia, um, which we see used elsewhere. And the lesson makes this point here as well. And that's, yes, exactly. Divine power. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, and so we're not left to struggle on our own. We're left knowing that as we search for truth, as we continue the reformation in our own lives, that God will give us that power. As we surrender ourselves to him, we don't have to worry and be stressed out. Oh, man, I, I don't know if I'm a perfect enough reformer, if I've found every sin in my life. Because God, through his Holy Spirit, he will find and, and then he'll change us from the inside out rather than sin being some external consequence that has to be plucked off like fruit. Um, God prefers to change us inside out. And so as we surrender our lives to him, uh, we experience God's glory. We experience God's power in our daily lives as mm. we surrender, as we trust in him. So um, which means that doxa, that, that glory, will fill the earth. Buster, um, how does God's glory fill the earth? You know, Michael, I was, I was looking at this. I want to tie all this together. I'm going to allow okay. the audience to look later at Revelation 4:11, which mirrors Revelation 18:1 about the earth uh, being illuminated with the glory of God. Revelation 5:12 and Revelation 19:1. They're all mentioning the glory of God, and it talks about His power and everything else. But I love where the uh, the lesson is pointing towards, and it's actually talking about yes, there's this physical manifestation of the light of God, but even more so is the character of God, the reason why he's lighting up. It's not just that he has this light that illuminates from him, but his character shines so brightly that, I mean, in the new heavens, and the new earth, we won't need an, uh, uh, the sun as a light source. He will be our light source, but it's because his character is shining forth. And that's what's most important. And it, it ties it in together with Exodus 33, 18 and 19. And I've mm. researched this time and time again. I love this story of who is Moses to say, God, reveal to me your face. I want to see your glory. And yeah. God actually tells him, if I show you my glory, you won't live. You're going to die. And so he places mm-hmm. Moses in the cleft of the rock. So yes. therefore, you know uh, that you won't be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, Moses comes down from the mountain and Mount Sinai, and he's actually physically glowing. And the people are saying, you're shining so brightly, Moses. He put on a veil because it's scaring us. <laughs> uh, 
And, right. and, and once again, we see what happens, not with the physical manifestation, but also with the character that happens when we mm. behold God, when we are in, in, in I'm careful of this word, but enraptured in a relationship with him, he shines forth from us. And we know it's different. Uh, there's a, a book that I'm reading right now, Michael, it's called uh, Awe by Doc, Dr. Keltner. Uh, he's a, a PhD professor out of Berkeley. And he's writing about, uh, from a secular standpoint, about why we're in awe. And he said his number one reason is something called moral beauty. And when someone's kind and loving and patient for no reason, uh, it's altruistic in their reason for being so. He's like, that's why movies are based on true story. And it gives us goosebumps because mm -hmm. when people are doing those things, when they pay for someone's groceries and they don't know who they are or they feed a family mm -hmm. or they drop off groceries, those are mm -hmm. those are moral beauties. And it just reminds me that's what we're called to actually be and do. But the world should not be have have to take this away from us. By the way, I appreciate the mm -hmm. aspect that it rains on the just and the unjust, that God is with us all. He is inspiring us all, talking to us all. But those sure. of us who have the scripture should have the fruit of the spirit. As a result of it, we should be spreading out so much moral beauty that the world mm -hmm. won't have enough room to receive it because Christ is actually shining from us. And so the glory of God is not just going to illuminate the earth when he comes back the second time, but he should be mm -hmm. illuminating the earth right now through us and our characters by allowing him to shine forth through us. And so I think it's important to know that and to allow Christ to shine in and through us. And so, Michael, tell us about the lamb, the slain lamb. Yeah, that was just so beautiful. I was just thinking of a time recently, someone I was in line at Starbucks and and someone in front of me, just random stranger, uh, paid for my drink and I was feeling down and, and I realized, hey, you know, someone just blessed me and 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 sometime later, you know, to pass on that blessing. So, you know, it could be a simple, yes. you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, a something like extravagant. It can be just the little things in life that can make such a huge difference. So uh, the the lamb, the slain lamb, right? Uh, this is, you know, the whole book of Revelation and the three angels' messages. It's about Jesus. I keep coming back to this idea that Adventist theology is at its best when it's centered on Jesus Christ. If we don't have that centrality of Christ in our understanding, we've missed the whole point. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ, the third angels, yes, the three angels' Christ. messages. It's all about Jesus, a revelation of of Jesus again, and and God's people, like you're saying, they're just living out the gospel through and in them, and so we have a little taste of heaven on earth. But at the end, we have for us described again and again through these messages that we've been studying, these different passages. Really, it's just so amazing, so incredible, um, and we find a, a whole list of passages: Revelation five, seven. 14, 15, 19, 21, 22, all refer to the lamb, specifically the slain lamb, which makes it very clear there is no other fulfillment of this other than Jesus Christ on Calvary, crucified for us, for atonement for our sins. However you want to phrase yes. that, but the point being is he's our Lord and Savior, if we will allow him, if we will allow him and surrender our lives to him. But he's died for all of us. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. If anyone's listening and, you know, this is your invitation to come and know Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. He died for mine. 
And and so this is the beauty of all of this revelation, all of this Bible prophecy, all of the three angels' messages, and all of what Adventism is. It's about Jesus, the slain lamb. Um, and so it gives me hope. It gives me a reason and purpose. And as Adventists, it gives us our core identity. Uh, we know what we're to be about, the everlasting gospel, you know, and Amen. it's not impressing people how smart you are and all the numbers and chronologies and everything else. <laughs> I mean, you can know all that, but if you don't know Jesus, you can even have all of Bible prophecy figured out and still be lost because you haven't met the one that is the lamb that was slain. So uh, just a beautiful description where, and I love how this quarter ends with this uh, poignant reminder that it's all about Jesus. Yeah. And Michael, I'll, I'll simply add to that. Just, Make sure we're ablaze with God's glory. Make sure that the fire does not die down, but the fire is ignited by that relationship we have with Jesus. Absolutely. So as we wrap up uh, this quarter, uh, I'm reminded of C.S. Lewis's book, Surprised by Joy. Oh, you know, yes. that glory, that joy that arises in that that we live for. We all like to be surprised, but the best kind of surprise is when we have Jesus in our lives. So um, I think there's no other way to, to wrap this up better than that. Um, turn to Jesus. And, Amen. Uh, and without any further ado, uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.